right, everybody. Welcome to the 80th episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. Uh, I'm here, joined by my co-hosts, Wyatt, Jared, Bart, and Aiden. And I'm Lucas. We'll get started with some news we missed, some things we won't discuss too in-depth. Um, and we'll get started with uh, fans are going crazy. In the past <laughs> week and a half or so since we recorded, a Padres fan clocked a Rockies fan. A Knicks fan spat on Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. A Sixers fan dumped popcorn on Washington Wizards star Russell Westbrook. A Wizards fan stormed the court in the next game. A Celtics fan threw a bottle at Kyrie Irving. Jazz fans verbally assaulted John Morant's parents. And it just seems like people have forgotten how to behave at sporting events. So, I don't know if there's anything too deep we want to say about that. Or if anybody has any takes. I have a take. I think people, when people uh, pay a lot of money to go watch a sporting event, I think they think they can do things that you can't do in like normal circumstances. And I think you see this, like think about in football, especially like college football or especially college football and NFL. When you think about sports, like the verbal (laughs) abuse that coaches give to players would never be tolerated in like a normal workplace. Right. Yeah. Same on like in Hollywood sets when actors go ballistic on like crew members and stuff Mm -hmm. that's just tolerated because like they're getting paid a lot of money or like a lot of money is involved. I think so, even though obviously they're not paying like actor level money to like go to a sporting event, I feel like that is like psychologically a thing. I'd have to like do, I'm sure somebody's written a paper on it or something, but that's my yeah. theory. We can check Jay's store after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that like apparently people on like flights, like flight attendants, for example, are seeing like a lot more like, I guess, combative. Like, like there are a lot more incidents in terms of passengers on flights, you know, being competitive. Um, seems like with fans, I don't have stats on the fans one, but it, it seems like they're a bit more crazy. So, yeah, the whole, like, everybody being cooped up thing might not, and, you know, finally being let loose might not be wrong. Yeah. 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 We don't know how to behave around each exactly. other Exactly. Yeah, totally forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> if we, we were in person, we would be getting in. Explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, in other news, unrelated, uh, Tim Tebow has the highest selling jersey in the NFL. Number one through three. Yeah, Tim Tebow jerseys in different colors. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty funny. Wait, actually, yeah, Yeah. that's true. Uh I think it's actually one and two, and Justin Fields has three of different colors. Yeah, Yeah, Justin Fields. I was surprised that Justin Fields was that high. I'm not. He's a star. (laughs) We love Justin, but he's like higher than like Tom Brady. That's pretty yeah. impressive. If you, if you bought Trevor Lawrence Brady jersey, yeah. you've bought it already. That's, that's true. true. That's true. That ship yeah. has sailed. Yeah. But like Trevor Lawrence, though. Yeah. That's interesting. But I guess Jackson Chicago's Bell a bigger Chicago. fan base. Yeah. 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 And Tim Tebow's a national brand. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. He really is. Though. New York. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Jared, if yeah. Tim Tebow makes just, the roster, yeah. will you buy one? Will I buy one? Yeah. I, I would definitely okay. consider it. No, I'm not looking. I'm not booking anything, but yeah. I would definitely I consider. Yeah. I feel like Tim Tebow shot the highest selling like practice penny from anyone in the NFL. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure we're gonna make it to the, the Jersey stage. That's far away. Let's be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like all those like special edition jerseys they make, like the pink Tebow jersey will be fourth, and like the camo Tebow uh, jersey will be fifth. Like, <laughs> um oh, but in other work news, uh while the East uh, was boring with his first round playoff series, uh, 
There were three four ones and a four zero. Uh, the West is wild. Uh, that's why they call it the Wild West. The uh, there was only one series that went fewer than five games, or that went five games or fewer. That was the Jazz beating the Grizzlies four to one after the Jazz dropped the first game. But as we speak, um, it looks like Blazers Nuggets is gonna go to seven. Uh, Mavs Clippers is. Uh, Went is going to go to the least six, and the Suns Lakers are also going to go to the least six. So much more exciting on that half of the bracket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Naomi Osaka withdrew for the French Open, citing mental health reasons. Um, a lot of the sports world seems to have rallied around her, aside from some <clears> like Piers Morgan, <laughs> Morgan types seem to have like my favorite, decision. yeah, my favorite <laughs> sports <laughs> analyst, Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was like the main character of Twitter the other day for being like, you're pampered. Like, <laughs> Isn't he always, isn't that isn't kind of his always, yes. Yeah, it is. Piers Morgan is kind of just an ass. Yeah. yeah I do. Is. There's a follow up. I don't know if you're going to say this. The Calm app is paying her fines, her $15,000 in fines. Oh, and then they're also oh. matching that money to donate towards a French youth charity sport or sports oh. uh, charity. I'm going to butcher the name, but I'm going to attempt. <laughs> LaRousse. L a u r e u s. Anyone who knows French, but that's Lucas. It was a good follow-up. They always turn that into something good. Yeah, good for the call map. Yeah, that's great. That's also great marketing. Besides just being a nice move, like that's good marketing on comps part. Yeah, for real. Anyway, so good for her for taking some initiative and bringing mental health stuff into the forefront. We also have in Duke, Coach K. Long-time coach since 1980, one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time, announced he will retire after the season and will be replaced by John Shire. Exciting stuff. And there you go. Exciting <laughs> stuff, yeah. Wow. We'll talk about it a year from now when he actually yeah. leaves. Yeah, exactly. So put it, on the, put it on the back burner. Yeah. Um, and in other uh, coaching change news, uh, Danny Ainge stepped down as head of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics. Current Celtics head coach Brad Stevens is taking his place, and they're on the search for a new coach. It seems super weird. Uh, I mean, they, they decided like literally the day after they lost too, right? Mm-hmm. That's I don't yeah. know. That's pretty quick. That's pretty they quick. definitely yeah. positioned it that uh, Danny Ainge was retiring, yeah. but it, a lot of people, he never officially retired, and a lot of people believe that he's just going to move on to another thing. So it felt like they positioned it like, oh, Danny Ainge is gone, and this is – you know the net, the right move, and not necessarily that's an impulse decision, but I think it's an impulse decision. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I even like trust Brad Stevens as like head of basketball operations for the Celtics. Like, what what qualifies him to do that? I mean, I guess he's a coach or whatever, but it just seems like well, he w- he recruited. You're basically the head of basketball operations in college when you recruit your players, mm-hmm. right? That's so a good I guess he has a little bit of. But yeah. the NBA is, I'm sure, way different. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I saw I feel, saw a couple headlines that were like, oh, like Brad Stevens promoted to head of basketball operations. I guess that's a promotion. I d- doesn't yeah. necessarily feel like one to me. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I don't know. He probably gets paid more. Mm-hmm. Probably. So yeah. More job security as well, I feel like. Yeah. Than, like, fire whoever the coach is. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah, it's just weird because I, I like I always thought of him as one of like the best coaches in the NBA, or yeah. like who are the best basketball presidents, <laughs> exactly. or, uh, presidents of basketball operations. Like, yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna fall out of uh, like our 
our minds very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Danny Ainge didn't, I guess. Yeah. I anyway. can name, like, uh, before this, I can name two heads of basketball operations, and I think it's Danny Ainge and Daryl Morey. And like I didn't, I only knew who Daryl Morey was because of the Hong Kong thing, and then because he was the as head of the president of basketball operations for the Sixers. So I feel like, yeah, just not a glamorous position. Yeah. I guess I can name two still: Daryl yeah. Morey and Brad Stevens. But. I feel like I always get confused about all the terms because there's head yeah. of basketball operations, there's president, I guess there's general manager in some cases, right? Like, just, yeah, I don't know. They just it's make up themselves. I think Magic Johnson yeah. was a. Had some weird title like yeah. that as well. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. I believe that. Pop is the one for the Spurs. I thought so. So you know oh, three. Okay. Oh, cool. true, okay. true. <clears throat> yeah, because Pop, I, th- I think Danny Ainge was like the oldest or had the longest tenured um, head mm-hmm. of basketball operations or whatever besides Pop, and I feel like there was someone else. But yeah, oh. yeah, that's when I learned that Pop was yeah <laughs> not <laughs> just a coach apparently. <laughs> nice. All right, well, to start off our main uh, show for today, we're going to head down the East Coast from Boston to New York um, and talk about how, in many ways, the state of New York and the teams associated with it that play in New Jersey are experiencing a bit of a rebirth of relevancy. The Knicks and Nets both made the playoffs this year. The Nets are one of the favorites to win the title, even though the Knicks got knocked out in the first round. Um, Despite the Jets and Giants, sorry, Aiden and Wyatt, both being bad this year, the Bills made the AFC Championship. The Mets sit first in the NL East, and the Yankees were in playoff position before they got swept by the Tigers and have just collapsed over the last week. <laughs> um, but in honor of this renaissance of New York sports, we're going to be ranking which teams New Yorkers should be most optimistic for and the 10 biggest stars in New York sports today. So we'll get started with Aiden, our resident New Yorker. <clears throat> Could you please rank for me from 1 to 7 how optimistic <clears throat> New Yorkers should be about the seven teams they have in the three major sports? So we're talking Nets. Knicks, Giants, Bills, Jets, Yankees, and Mets. Red Bulls, Islanders. Red Bulls. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to forget about those. Yeah, those the NHL but, slander but, is just outrageous. Exa- exactly, exactly. <laughs> I figured none of us were qualified yeah, to really exactly, talk about the NHL. I know, I know. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I'm just here because I'm the New Yorker. I applied for the job. They were like, we're looking for a New Yorker to talk on our podcast. So <laughs> I applied. I got it. Um, no interview. It seems like there's pretty low bar at this podcast. But <laughs> We did make you oh, submit but... a certificate, though. <laughs> That's just to true. Prove it. That's true. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the traditional New York powers in terms of, like, obviously the Yankees, um, I'd say that the at least in terms of, like, recent history, the Giants are probably your number two. Um, those aren't, like, the ones leading this resurgence. Um, but I'm going to start from number seven. I'm going to go down from there. Uh, I'm sorry, Wyatt, but I'm going to start with the Giants. You can't oh. put the... Okay. Oh. No, we, we all There's know no way you can do this. We all know which teams are going to be at the bottom. It's just what order. Um, it's, it's the Jets and Giants. And the Giants, at least the Jets have, like, a head start. The Jets have some hope this year. They have, you know, Zach Wilson, a new QB. Um, we'll see what happens. But, like... I, I really can't imagine Daniel Jones leading the Giants to any sort of relevancy. I'm, I'm sorry. I, like, I, I think next year is a wash, um, and I think they're going to draft a QB in the 2022 draft. Um, so I think the Giants are at seven. Uh, but yeah, not very far in front of them are the Jets, um, who at least yeah have that element of like this season will be interesting from a you know talent development standpoint, even if they're not really in a you know contending position per se yet. Um, but the, the next five are actually like all pretty solid. 
um, which is exciting. We got, I'm going to have the Knicks at number five. Um, as good as the Knicks were this year, um, I think it's fairly clear from the Atlanta series that they weren't necessarily near title contention. <laughs> I think we all knew that going in, that they were a title contender. Um, and they also kind of have some a bunch of difficult decisions to make about their future. Um, it's a weird team that they've got to some extent. Um, it's a lot of talented guys, but a fair amount of like kind of old guys. Um, and they have, you know, their superstar Julius Randle, definitely in quotes. Um, he's like, he's definitely, you know, all-star level. He's not superstar level. Um, he's probably not going to be the best player on a title winning team. Um, so he's got, I think like five million in guaranteed money for the next year. So the Knicks will probably full, like probably give him a full guarantee on his I think like twenty twenty five million for this upcoming year. But then he's a free agent after that. So this is kind of we're in extension territory. Um, the Knicks will this summer or at the latest next summer have to make a decision as to whether Julius Randle is their future or not, um, which is complicated because he obviously had an amazing year. Um, but who are they going to pair him with? You know, are you going to, and I'll talk a bit more about this later, I think, but who are you going to try and go after a superstar to, to, you know, um, compliment Julius Randle? Um, compliment. We'll see. <laughs> compliment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Overshadow. Wrong choice of word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, yeah, for Julius Randle to be the, you know, Robin to someone's Batman. <laughs> uh, but anyway. That's my favorite analogy. <laughs> Gotham City. Oh, but exactly. Um, but, but yeah, so I think the Knicks obviously have a, like, they're way more promising than they were last year. Um, but they have some difficult decisions to make. And it's not really clear, um, like, what their path forward is, I guess, in terms of, like, they have a good team, but not a team that's, like, going to be title contending without a, some big changes. Um, at number four, we're going to head into some baseball. Um, we're going with the Yankees at number four. Um, and this Whoa. is not a homer pick at all that I'm going to, you know, cut <laughs> the Yankees below the Mets. Uh, the Yankees have plenty of talent per usual they have plenty of money um but um and they're they're gonna be good but they're in a harder division um they currently have a worse record than the Mets and I think the Mets with Steve Cohen who's the richest owner in baseball and who's already promised a World Series win in five years um Mm. is he gonna fulfill that who knows but there's there's definitely a hunger there and I feel like hearing about this dude's like financial dealings from his days on wall street it's kind of a, he's the type of guy who gets what he wants um okay. you know through legal or <laughs> illegal means um so I'm, I'm honestly pretty convinced that the mets will again this is you know related to the fact that i'm a mets fan but i think that they will they have a more promising outlook than the yankees um headed forward even if the yankees will always you know be in the discussion and they still have garrett cole and aaron judge and um you know DJ LeMayhew, like plenty of talent, but um, I, I have the Mets at number three. Um, the Mets this year, I mean, they're, yeah, they're easily in, I think they're four games ahead in the NL East, despite having a not that great record because the NL East, which I think we all predicted, or I definitely said was going to be one of the toughest divisions in baseball, has been an absolute mess. Um, but yeah, and the Mets have had tons of injuries that I think at some point, like there was a point last week where they had one starter from opening day in their lineup. Um, like it's been absurd, but they've managed to get by. So I think there there is definitely hope for the Mets contending this year and the and in the future. Um, okay, nearing the end of the list at number two, I'm gonna put the Bills. Um, what? The Bills, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, Nets are 
Yeah, I hate the Nets, but they're going to be my number one. Um, the Bills have had a dominant last two years. They've, you know, obviously one of the most promising young QBs um, in the league. Um, I think, yeah, I, like there's obviously a lot of hope um, in Buffalo at the moment. Um, we'll see what this year brings. But the AFC East is like, I don't know, it's not really, it's not Tom Brady's AFC East. It's like they've, they've I think, an easier time in general, even if the <laughs> Dolphins are still good. Um but I think it's the Bills are going to come in as pretty clear favorites. And I think if they, you know, don't make the AFC Championship, for example, <laughs> that's a disappointment. Um, and then at one, I hate it, but the Nets, um, the Nets are, I don't know if they're going to win a title this year, but I mean, they'd definitely be in my top two or three guesses, I'd say. Um, so I think that's got to put them at one for me. Um, I, I see the Nets winning a championship before the Bills winning a championship. Even if the Bills' like future future looks better, I think the Nets. I mean, once KD and Harden and Kyrie's contracts are up, which I think I think they have player options like next summer. Um, but I mean, how long are the Nets going to be together in this form? Probably not more than another two years. But I I think it's fairly likely that they you know win a title or at least make the finals in the next two years. Um, especially with, you know, Embiid going down um, and at least, you know, playing at half strength if he does end up playing through a meniscus tear. Um, so I have I have the Nets at one at the moment. You know, I, I disagree with the top and bottom of your list. I had like the just the, the yeah. switch swapping the order on both. Yeah. I, I still have the Jets as the, the least optimistic because the Giants have Saquon. <laughs> they That's had true. a really good offseason probably too, mm-hmm. and like their defense was – like middle of the road last year, like pretty, like legit enough. You know, they yeah. were in, they were uh, in top contention. 10. That's okay. They were in contention for the NFC East. Okay. They still only won like six games or whatever. It was a top 10 defense. <laughs> anyway. And at the top, yeah. I went, I went bills just because Josh Allen's younger and like he's they They'll have a foundational piece that probably like, will keep them good for like another 10 years. Like at least yeah. like, probably like an eight win team or something at least like for the next yeah. 10 years or something. And like quarterbacks are playing until they're 50 now and all that. So like <laughs> they, they got a long window <laughs> and the, yeah, I don't, I don't know how long the like Brooklyn experiment will last. Like they all got hurt a lot or yeah. at least uh, James Harden and uh, KD did got yeah. hurt for pretty long stretches and you know, they're getting older. They're on the wrong side of yeah. 30 or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Jared, though, if I had to ask you, if in the next five years, who do you think is more likely to win the championship, the Nets or the Bills? Who would you say? Uh, I would probably say the Nets. But what uh, what if I asked you who's more likely to win multiple championships in the next, I don't know, 10 years? I'd still say the Nets. Mm. <laughs> I think the Bills have a pretty That's good That's a good job. question. I think I would say that, too. But... I think that, like, it's so much harder to win the championship in football, I feel like. That's true. No, that's I think true. that the Bills also are in the same conference as a team who is probably better, has a foundational piece that's like the same age who is better than their foundational piece. Like, I don't think you trust the Patriots to be down for like too, too long. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's misplaced faith. Yeah. Um, the Dolphins are up and coming. Like, I just think that like, I, it's a lot of it, it's the Chiefs thing. Like the fact that they have to get through the Chiefs yeah, Every I mean you have year. to you have to beat the best team. Yeah, but I don't on the way to a championship be... any year, right? Yeah, but I think the Nets are more of the best team <laughs> than the Bills are. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. This list has me making just want to. I want to make 
several buckets just based off of this list. Oh my god! First of all, Aiden, I disagree like, with I disagree with a lot of this list. The honorable <laughs> thing to do would have put the Jets above, or put the Jets below the Giants and taken honorable. the hit yourself. And instead, you put that on me. Or you could have put did. the Yankees above the Mets and still taken that hit. But you know, you put I didn't that take on the that Yankees, hit in man. any scenario. <laughs> you were like my team's better. Um, you also could have gone. You also could have gone Nets, Mets, Jets, and then the three rhymes from the top. But here's, a, here's here are my buckets. One, the Giants are gonna win the NFC East. I'm not just saying as a Homer fan. I'm saying as a as a football analyst and as a guy who gets a lot of football things right. Yes, me. <laughs> the Giants win the NFC East. I'm putting my reputation. Are they how are they gonna get through the bold of a pick? How like, are they I gonna know. get through the 40 point a game Dallas Cowboys offense? You mean the 40 point game exactly? Yeah, <laughs> I get a lot right. Why I get a lot right? Introduce him as Dallas such, Cowboys yeah. by just yeah, like Lucas said, forty-seven because they're not going to stop anybody. <laughs> Two, the Bills will get farther in their season than the Nets will get in their season right now, which means I think the Nets are a second-round exit against the Bucks, and the Bills will at least make the AFC Championship going in, in football this year. Those are my two picks. The Jets finish at the bottom of the division. I don't know anything about baseball, so I'm not going to pick the Nets. I'm not going to pick against the Yankees. Everything cool. else, the Knicks at five. That's fine. Yeah. Bucks are looking good. That's for sure. Bucks yeah. will be the biggest obstacle if at this point it's yeah. not healthy. The, the NBA Finals are in the East semifinals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say I'm not sold on the Knicks necessarily being lower than either of the baseball teams, just because they did seem like they were quite good this year and they were on the up. Grant, yeah, I'm not going to get into this later with uh, Julius Randle was on the down in the playoffs, yeah. so maybe I need to temper that, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like back to how it's easier to win in the NBA, I feel like the Knicks will have an easier time attracting good players than the, the Mets will, for instance, moving forward. I don't know. I feel like they're really, really um, coveted free agents, free agency destination. But I, we've They've always said that, and who's the best free agent we've got in the last, like, 15 years. <laughs> Carmelo. Carmelo probably. He, he yeah. wasn't a free agent. Wait, said, didn't right? they? Oh, did they trade for him? I think yeah, that was, that was a trade. Him. They traded their whole team. They traded like Raymond Felton <laughs> and Gallinari and, you know. Okay, so, um, not Raymond Felton. J- Jared James. Exactly. <laughs> no way he's worth Carmelo. Yeah, no. Aiden's <laughs> right. But, no, I, it, it is definitely, like, this is definitely not the sad Knicks of the last, you know, 10 years, though. So maybe they will become that destination. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to stay in New York for our next segment. Um, now that Aiden's ranked the teams, we're going to work together to create a list of the 10 biggest stars in New York sports um, via one of my favorite methods, which is a draft. So we'll each pick two stars um, in the order of Bart, Jared, Wyatt, Aiden, me um, to create the ultimate list of the 10 biggest sports stars in New York. And Bart, you have the first overall pick. Who are you taking uh, in making our list of the 10 biggest New York City sports stars? Right. Well, I think we all know where I'm going with this one. Uh, stud small forward, six foot seven out of White Plains, New York, committed to Duke. I'm going with AJ Griffin. <laughs> uh, no, but Obvious. I'm actually going with a small forward. I think Kevin Durant is my, my number one. I don't know necessarily if there's a valid argument for anybody else i just feel like everybody who follows the nba knows who he is and everybody most people who follow sports in general know who he is 
he had the villain role for so long. His social media presence is like super high. It's like too high, concerningly high sometimes. But yeah, I just feel like everybody everybody knows his name. He's obviously one of the best players in the NBA. So I'm going to Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets at number one. Okay, I got the I got the number two pick, and uh, I'm actually going with Aaron Judge, uh, which I think is might be a controversial pick, but he was really big. And his, especially his first two years, he was in like Jersey Mike's commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't really, he's not good at acting. He should stick to baseball. But <laughs> I, I definitely think Aaron Judge and being on the Yankees, which I think is New York's most historical team, helps out a lot. So I, I went Aaron Judge there. I, I would have went KD1 as well, obviously. But guess where he was in Jersey sales last year? <laughs> where was he? Ugh. Second. Oh. I think that's a compelling case. There you go. For that high of a pick. Aaron Judge was? Talking about star power. Yeah, it was Why? Mookie and then Aaron and Judge. Um, you know what? I was actually also going to say Aaron Judge, and I was going to redeem myself <laughs> really? for all the baseball slander I've made over the last year. But I don't get a chance to do that, so I'm actually going to switch my pick to Saquon Barkley. Who, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who I mean, out of I'm stunned. It's either between Daniel Jones, 14 year old Zach Wilson, oh Makai Becton, or Saquon Barkley. Makai like, Becton. I'm thinking like, knows most, who, I'm thinking, who are the most memorable football players in New York right now? Elijah Vera Tucker fans and shambles. <laughs> I mean, it's Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Easily the running back of the Giants, who's who might be uh, generational type talent. Eden. Are you, are you going to say Eli Manning for your next pick? <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for it. Okay. I'm going to be honest, did not expect the draft to go like this at all. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, what's your pick, Eden? Oh, oh, this is difficult. I, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm going, I'm going, I, I know. That does know. crack me up. I'm going, I'm going Homer. I'm going Jacob deGrom. He is the, like... In terms of star, okay, Who? yeah, he's not on Subway commercials. <laughs> Jacob Degrom is the best player in baseball currently. Yeah, he is. The dude, like, he's won two of the last three Cy Young awards. This year, his ERA is like half that of the next lowest guy in the MLB. He's just he sets records every freaking week. It's absurd. And Doesn't I know that like hit like four fifty yeah. or something. Yeah, like he's the he has easily <laughs> the highest Mets uh, batting average on the Mets at the moment. It's over four hundred. The dude what? is per- like. I saw a team the other day. It was a clear like opportunity to walk somebody, like to uh, like intentionally walk someone to get to Degrom, who was hitting next, and they didn't do it. Um, and then uh, the the other guy like got on or something, and Degrom drove in a run. It's like he's absurd. Um, and so in terms of superstar, yeah, he's his public profile. He's a little more low key, but I, like I think he has a serious like claim to the best athlete or best you know professional you know. Um, sports player in New York at the moment. I saw some crazy stat the other day that was like the first time he faces a batter, his ear. Like, he keeps game, getting like better. One, yeah. It's 1.1 1. 1, and then it's like 0. 0.9 and then 0. 0.8. Yeah. Which is it's just, just wow, absurd. Yeah. yeah. And he just like messes with guys. There are times where he'll like throw like, you know, like like the first time around the order, he'll throw like 95% fastballs and the next time around he'll throw like all like change-ups and there's like mm-hmm. this dude's just like he's a at this point he's just playing with everybody he's just too good are we including the bills in this yes yeah Absolutely. okay cool well, i don't know i want in my mind i'm like only new york city sports team. also is this an all-time list or is this just no it's current sorry it's, like, it's current right now yeah, yeah cross paper okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <babe> Ruth. <laughs> 
I'm going to go the second member of the Nets, big three. I'm going to go James Harden. Um, I think he's clearly the second best player on the Nets, who are the New York's best team. Him coming to the Nets was a whole thing, a whole big drawn-out media saga. He's an excellent basketball player, so I think he deserves um okay wrapping back around um i thought degrom was gonna be like a potentially sneaky pick at six and then aiden just took that from me Uh, i don't want to go with the nets again i'm gonna go to the bills we mentioned the bills just now but not josh allen uh i'm gonna go with stefan diggs yeah um he i don't know i mean you can argue he's a better receiver than allen as a quarterback he had a career year this past season he's got the diva personality perfected uh and again i think you could probably argue more people know who he is than know who josh allen is also josh allen has a name counter um a name doppelganger (laughs) the defensive end on like the jags or something which is confusing Uh, stefan diggs is a very unique big brand smooth (laughs) name (laughs) so i'm gonna go with diggs at six Okay, I'm gonna look at my board now. I'm thinking, you know, this. <laughs> I think this is gonna be another controversial pick, but I'm going Zach Wilson. Uh, I, I think no, I'm serious. No, <laughs> immediate, oh my immediate God, no. F grade on the. No, 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 no. Hold on, he, he. First off, he looks like he looks like like a, a movie star, like I, a Disney Channel villain. Yeah. No, he doesn't. <laughs> and then, and, okay, so the hype train was bigger for any. No player had a bigger hype train going into the draft than Zach Wilson. That momentum, I think, is going to carry him into the season. And we're gonna be we're gonna be like following him pretty closely, I think, this year. So I'm going Zach Wilson. <laughs> you know, I'm in a tough situation here because the last time I made a pick when we did a draft, it was when we did the college super league, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I picked Wisconsin over Georgia, and then Georgia <laughs> ended up not making it, I believe. Or either that or it was Florida. One of the two teams. So I'm in a position both. where I, I get to remember. make the pick I want versus the pick that should be done. And of course, I'm going to go with what Uh-oh. I want. I'm picking Derrick Rose, who has an affinity in the hearts. <laughs> fans, fans love Derrick Rose. Everybody has a soft spot in their hearts for Derrick Rose. Uh, he's a great story in the NBA. Everybody, I mean, you can't just root it. You can't root against him. So Derrick Rose was a big reason why the Knicks were successful this year, and I'm picking Derrick Rose to be in my top New York athletes. It was either him or Trey Young, but obviously – <laughs> Got it. I had Derrick Rose on my big board as well. Actually. You yeah. had Derrick Rose on your big board? No, come on. Yeah. He's not even the biggest star. Yes, he is. Wait, I don't on, care about Julius Randle. On the Knicks? I don't even yeah. know what he looks like. I want you to know Derrick Rose is third on my big board. You don't know what Julius <laughs> You not knowing what Julius Randle looks like is on you. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, Everybody knows what Derrick Rose looks like, though. Yeah, because he's been around for 10 years. Yeah, but what's the question asking? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. On. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. I gotta, I guess, bring some justice to the world. I was considering <laughs> Garrett Cole with this pick, but I gotta go Julius Randle. Now to just, yeah. Wait, I he's, consider Garrett Cole. Nobody, knows, the hard nobody knows what Garrett Gar- Cole looks like either. The, you would not the recognize the second best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> Jared, this sounds like a new problem. The dude is a <laughs> yeah. Jared, Jared has that thing where he can't dude. recognize anyone's face. <laughs> so like... Yeah, wait, who's that talking <laughs> over there? Not talking <laughs> Garrett Cole is more valuable to the Yankees than Aaron Judges. I, have, I, have, I would die on that hill. <laughs> 
But anyway, like I agree. Anyway, <laughs> anyway I'm, I'm going with Julius Randall just to save face for this podcast. But oh <laughs> he's a hero in New York. Most yeah, guys get to yeah. the Knicks and get terrible. Oh. And I get that he had just had a really oh, bad playoff boy. series. But like he was a hero prior to that and i'm sure knicks fans will somewhat forgive him like most guys get to the knicks and get worse i feel like that's how it's generally worked out and julius randall like somehow i think we all kind of figured he leveled out um he didn't he was comeback player of the year he deserves some mvp votes um obviously not like first or second place or third but like he was a such a pivotal figure in turning this team around from like before the season no one had opened this team um, and now you have a whole Knicks fan base excited, and I think that's Julius Randle's doing, and not um, you know Derrick Rose's, but <laughs> not that Derrick Rose didn't contribute. But <laughs> I'll fight Derrick Rose myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. MLB players, or yeah, MLB players or Derrick Rose. We running cross yeah, on anyway. yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Oh my God, Lucas. I'm trying Make to find right. jersey sale numbers, but Derrick Rose does have five times as many Twitter followers as Julius Randle. I'm just saying. Well, that's, no, but like, yeah, how do you define a star? How do you define a star? I mean, people know who he is. They care how about can you say Derrick Rose okay, is a star? I mean, Derrick Rose well, yeah, was but why, this why year. Why is being in the league but... for longer like a, a bad thing? I mean, that's yeah. like, he, you are a star because you're the one. You would call Derrick Rose a star before you called Julius Randle a star? I think it's a valid, yeah, I mean, it depends on how you define star. We haven't elaborated on that. But Derrick he's, Rose is like clearly washed up. He's he's on the second edge up. of his career. He's good Whoa. for being, you know, yeah, pat, well past up. his prime. Does star mean currently elite or like, I think there's more to being a star than that. Like name recognition. People knowing who you are. Like he's an NBA, he's a legend in some circles. Anyways. Let's wipe the board, define star, and then. <laughs> no, nah, this All was right. written in permanent marker. That's All right. Well. I have the last pick. I was going to pick either Julius Randle or Garrett Cole. So I'm gonna what? Cole. No. Yeah. So Kyrie, <laughs> so Kyrie, Kyrie, Josh Allen no. did not make the list. Josh Allen can't make this is This is my problem. Wait, Josh like, Allen didn't Josh make Allen. Okay. No, didn't oh, okay. Okay, that was an oversight. He was my number three, but I, was, I figured he was, was on DJ. Honestly, I, even, I, I just realized Kyrie was above him on my big board as well, but I was so motivated by, like, I need to pick a Yankees. Wait, wait. And, oh, and I was so totally sure when Bart drafted Stephon. On digs that Josh Allen was already picked. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have you could have Allen at, at four. What? This is crazy. I know, no, but I had Degrom as my two, and Josh Allen was my three. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I, knew I had Durant, Degrom, Harden. I mean, sorry, I Allen, Derek Harden. Rose, yeah. I knew Josh Allen was missing the list. It really yeah. sounds like, like <laughs> oh my god, yeah. this madness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Put it on Instagram. We can send it. To I don't New even York know. Sports I want to put this and let them like <laughs> let the New York sports media tell us five outsiders like oh my God. what we we are. <laughs> All right. Well, with that aside, um, <laughs> we are going to be moving on to um, the NBA playoffs. Uh, first round of the NBA playoffs is almost complete. Um, and we're going to be assessing the players that have overperformed and underperformed expectations uh, by creating a varsity and JV team for the round. Varsity are players that have been impressive. JV have underperformed. So, Wyatt, well, who makes your varsity and JV squad for this round? I'll start with the varsity squad, and then we can reflect, and then I'll move on to the JV squad. So, I just my roster is not uh, position-dependent. Position it was just the best five and the worst five that I could put together mm-hmm. for each team. 
So the first man on my varsity squad is going to be Luka Doncic. I hope I said that right. Luka has famously owned the Clippers in the postseason in the last two years. And in this series alone, he's averaging 35 points, eight rebounds, and nine and a half assists. In five game, er, game five, he accounted for all but six points of the Mavericks. Can you believe that? Six, <laughs> six field goals. Right. Um, the Clippers are afraid to guard him. And barring any injury, the series might have already been over. So Luka makes my number one spot here. Next up is Trey Young, who might be the biggest celebrity in New York, but we just missed him. We've never seen Trey Young on a stage like this before. This is his, his playoff debut. He's been hiding in Atlanta this whole time. And the Knicks booed. They mocked. Fan even spit on him. And he just paid them back with a gentleman's sweep. Did not shy away from the moment at all. And we might have just seen the birth of the NBA's newest villain, which is great. Jared, I think you're going to like this one. Damian Lillard. Yeah, he's averaging 35 points and nine and a half assists per game as well. Uh, he's playing as we speak, but right now he's single-handedly keeping the Blazers relevant. Uh, his teammates are missing dunks; they're going out of bounds while he's forcing two overtime. So somebody's got to go and help that man because Damian Lillard is the only one doing anything for the Portland right now. Yeah, Jason Tatum. Uh, Danny Ainge might not okay. think so, but <laughs> he's doing really well for the Celtics. And th- <laughs> They were sitting ducks in this series this whole time, uh, so I'm not going to take any points off for losing. But, in fact, they actually won a game in uh, JT's 50-point performance. It would make him the third youngest player to score 50 points in the playoff, but he's only separated by 65 days between him and number one, Rick Barry. So, and then he after that, he followed his 50-point performance with a 40-point game and a 32-point game. So it may have been a first-round exit, but it was a big leap into superstardom. And then I had to show some love to a big man, even if it's not position dependent. And I'm going with the 2021 NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic. He stumbles, he falls, and he throws himself into 32 points a night and 11 rebounds. But he plays hard, and he looks like the MVP this year in the series. I won't be surprised if they win and move on to the next round. That is my varsity. Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic. Two Europeans. Thoughts, comments, concerns. Good for you. I think it's a terrific list. It's a good list. Embiid should get more love. He was averaging 30-plus. He, like, he dominated. Like, I don't know if anybody watched those games. I know there's, like, an anti-East Coast bias, so people don't always watch. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) That is not uh, a thing. Embiid dominated. Uh, Like, 30-plus per game. Here's my argument for you. The, The 76ers should have swept the Wizards they should have. They were absolutely going to make it out of the first round. They were far better, the better, far and away the better team. There's no reason why Joel Embiid couldn't do what he did against. I know he's dominant, but he's that. That is the expectation against a team like the Wizards. Whereas Jason Tatum was not supposed to win. Trey Young was playoff debut. The Knicks were like the little engine that could. Um, Nicole Jokic is a good matchup for him, and Luca is just Luca. So I think that they've all kind of overcome a little bit more than I than Joel Embiid. He's an honorable mention, but I don't think that I would have put him on my list. That's mm. fair. I think it's a good list overall. I agree. Yeah, Almost. I agree with that. I, yeah. I think Giannis deserves maybe some consideration. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. He does deserve some consideration. No, he wasn't like individually as impressive probably as like Jokic is. Yeah. You expect a sweep? No, I expected. Expect I just expect him to play. People well were as a two-time. People were saying that the series was going to go seven. Like he, yeah. People were saying that series was going to go seven, and then they just swept him. Like I don't. Yeah. Know. That's pretty. That was pretty good. Good performance by Giannis. 
yeah, in the Bucks. That's true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, especially because they lost to him last year in the playoffs. I think there yeah. was some like expectation that like the Heat would like at least make it a competitive series. Yep. They just crushed them. Honorable mention, Giannis. Anyways, so I'm going to move on to my JV squad. So the first man on the JV squad is poor pandemic Paul George. <laughs> His playoff struggles have not escaped Boy, him. Uh, <laughs> he has 24 points per game, which isn't bad. For, but as a second star for the Clippers, he just doesn't look like a guy you can lean on for the big moments. It doesn't help that the guy he's playing against is on the varsity squad, Luka, and then currently torching him. But he isn't playing heavy minutes guarding him, and they'd rather have Zubac than Paul George or Kawhi Leonard do that at the moment, which just leaves me unimpressed right now with the yeah. uh, Clippers, especially Paul George. The only reason why Kawhi Leonard isn't in the spot is because Kawhi Leonard's going off for 40 points a night pretty much. But next up, yeah. we have LeBron James. Can you believe it? He made a JV squad. About three episodes ago, I begged the Lakers to play four quarters of complete basketball. And despite a bounce back game two, I've just been feeling very underwhelmed with their performance. I don't like their rotational defense. Uh, I'm not expecting the Lakers to win a title without LeBron James, but I want to, or excuse me, without Anthony Davis. But I think they should have won game five. And I just don't see the urgency. I don't see any of the effort. And they just lost in a complete blowout. It should be very embarrassing for a guy of James's stature. Oh, would you look at this? It's another Laker. It's Dennis Schroeder. Who played 24 <laughs> minutes and got zero points? You know, in the offseason, he turned down $80 million because he wanted $100 million. And he decided to, sh- to show everyone that he was worth it by, by just running around on the court. Dude was just running. He was getting a workout in. Zero points, 24 minutes. The audacity of him to turn down $80 million. <laughs> Followed by yeah. Dallas employee Christoph Porzingis. And yeah, I call him employee. <laughs> employee because he doesn't feel like a second star. That's why they traded him. He's traded not, for him. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he doesn't like Luca, and even if he didn't like Luca, he could do more than eight points in Luca's forty-two point performance. So somebody's got to tell Porzingis that he isn't a six-five shooting guard and get his seven-three butt in the paint to do something, <laughs> grab a rebound, oh develop a post game. It's the same old yeah, he story. He gets with shoved him. around. He gets shoved around in the right. paint when he's he, going for a rebound. Yeah. Uh, it's weird for a guy that big and what was the unicorn. I mean, I would let him go or trade him. Uh, you know, coming sometime soon. He's not serious about basketball too. Is my problem with him? Like he went to a strip club during the series, didn't he? I didn't. And see like that, broke but... broke uh, health and safety protocols. Was that? that it's just it. yeah. Sounds like James Harden. <laughs> is he even, vaccinated only James Harden when he's trying James to get yeah that's true we can go to strip clubs if we're vaccinated come on it's obvious no. I don't know I just I just don't think he's serious about basketball though to be honest probably not I think the superstardom of New York kind of got too much for him and then hasn't really gone from there and uh, oh no Aiden it's Julius Randle who <laughs> the Knicks with a little <laughs> basketball engine that could and fans were very excited MSG was booming and their star, Julius Randle, burnt out just a little bit. The yeah. 2021 most improved player, or whatever you want to call him, comeback player. He didn't look very mippy out there. Uh, no. Three sub-20 point games <laughs> to start the series, and then he barely cracked 20s to finish off. He actually got 23 in the last two games, which is below his season average yeah. of 24, which I know isn't yeah. dramatic, but it's not as good I mean, as, he, as he always has been. Yeah, I don't and he was shooting it's... like twenty seven percent from the field yeah. or something over the course of the series. He definitely was not yeah, looking very good. No. If if everybody else on the team wasn't hitting their threes, yeah. it's hard for Julius Randle to 
or the Knicks to overcome it with as poorly as Julius Randle had played. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think it's the end of the road for New York, but I think they should have started off and ended on a better foot than they than they did yep. in the playoffs. So my list, Julius Randle, Christophe Porzingis, Dennis Schroeder, LeBron James, and pa- poor pandemic Paul George. <laughs> I liked your description of Mippy, like describing the most improved player. Yeah. He's very Mippy. <laughs> Um, I want to I want to be contrarian on a couple of these picks yeah. just because. Um, so I feel like Anthony Davis warrants a spot much more than LeBron does. I was gonna say that too. Um, not only because he's just like made of glass and you can't rely on him to stay healthy, but also just because he literally didn't look super great. I mean, LeBron also has looked older, but Anthony Davis did not look like he was trying. Like yeah, like kind of like we were saying with Kristaps, like he doesn't really look like he's got the oomph to like push push people around. He was, like, really tentative in the early games, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. So that's one thing. Like, LeBron at least sort of seems like he's trying to carry them. And then the other one I wanted to push back on. So first of all, you said that Kawhi could have been here. I feel like Kawhi could have been in the first list, actually. Paul George, I also feel like, wasn't that bad. I feel like if you're going to take anybody on the Clippers, it should be Pat Bev. And my only reason <laughs> for this is that Luka literally played him off the floor. He got, like, a bunch of minutes in games one and two. He was god-awful. Luka was going off. He's barely played since then, exclusively because he's, he's, he yeah. was brought onto the team to be a good defender. He talks trash talk all the so time, much. and he's awful. He got exposed, <laughs> and now he barely gets any playing time yeah. for it. I just think yeah. it's the funniest thing. Like if, if anything warrants somebody being like a JV player, I think it's that. Like Talking trash and then not having any way to back it up. Come on, Pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't, those were the two that I thought like uh, maybe on those teams somebody else deserved a little more, but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Two honorable mentions I wanted to add. Um, Jimmy Butler was awful. Yeah. He shot yeah. like thirty percent from the field. I couldn't do it. Like fourteen points I a game. And I couldn't like, do I, it. He shot thirty percent from. Well, I don't think anyone like. I don't know if anyone was expecting the Heat to, you know, really make a run at the Bucks, even if they did beat them last year. But, yes, they were. A lot of people were. Yes, I saw so many were. people saying this. That was going seven. I was expecting. Uh, seven, yeah, <laughs> I, I could see it. Yeah, I definitely could have seen it going, going like six. But yeah, Jimmy Butler, big reason why it did not. Um, also, this is a little, a little more low key, but Devin Booker has been pretty disappointing. I think I feel like the Suns have been disappointing to me. Um, and obviously, you know, Chris Paul's been weak, but Booker's been shooting like under thirty percent from three. Like he's like, and he's obviously like a terrible defender. That's all known. He's got to score to you know earn his keep. Um, and this was like, you know, the big Suns moment, which they'll probably be okay. But I think he's been pretty disappointing. I was really, I think it was game three. He had like 15 points and then he ended up getting like 30 something because in the last like five minutes of the yeah. fourth quarter, he got like 10, 12 free throws. I was like, dude, like you're yeah, going to look at the yeah, box score. Yeah. You're going to think he had a good game. But yeah. this is literally just hacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheating. I- to build on the LeBron thing, the him walking off the court the other night before the game was over was a real JV move. I feel like I know he had to like start treatment, but that just seems yeah. kind of like. Well, why does he have to stay there though if his team's getting beat down by thirty points? <laughs> because what kind of message does that send? Like, oh, I'm going to abandon you for the last five minutes if you suck. Okay, like, that's true. Person. That's a good point. But that is what yeah. LeGM does. I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, I will argue that I don't think anybody on the Lakers is really that upset that he walked off in a blowout loss to to stretch and get ready for the next game. But <clears throat> I'm going to push back on a couple things. One, Anthony Davis could very easily go on this list because I'm not impressed with him. But the fact that he hasn't played as much and LeBron has in the series means that LeBron James has just more bad moments to me in the last two games than I, I would say Anthony Davis does. 
<clears throat> LeBron James, at least as far as the effort goes for a guy with championship pedigree as LeBron James, I'm not very impressed with that. Uh, I do want to add another person as an honorable mention, Tyler Hero, who had a very <sighs> poor shooting performance in his in his uh, second playoff go around, I guess you could say. They uh, the Heat turned down a trade for James Harden because they didn't want to include Tyler Hero, and right now they must be feeling real stupid because he it was not worth it overall. Oof. Wow. That's it. Anyone else have any final words on our varsity and JV teams? <clears throat> it's too solid to argue. Exactly. <laughs> too yeah. good. All the words have been solid. said. Yeah. Um, well, before uh, we move on to our next segment, I want to provide a little bit of an update. I said at the top of the show that it looked like Denver Blazers was destined for Game 7. The Nuggets have gone on a little bit of a run and are up by 11 with three minutes left now. What? So, uh, <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Blazers were up by, like, 14 at the end of the third quarter, and there's somehow been a like a 25 point swing so yeah the headline on espn is still yeah 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 headline is still lillard pacing blazers and winter (laughs) so if this changes anybody's Uh, narrative um (laughs) that they want to uh put forward but speaking of that uh last week we discussed narratives around the lakers as they headed into their match with the suns this week we're expanding that out to involve the whole nba as we make predictions about what narratives will dominate sports media in the for the NBA heading into the second round, so we'll go one by one, give our narrative. It'll be the same order as the draft. So Bart, give us your narrative heading into the next round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, my narrative that I don't subscribe to really at all is that the playoffs in the bubble were a fluke. I can already hear the pundits chattering away, and I just don't really vibe with it. You know, so people are going to be like, okay, over the four final teams in the in the playoffs last year, only the Nuggets remain. And they've been pushed by a Blazers team that you could argue they shouldn't have been pushed, pushed as much by. But, like, the Celtics got gentlemen swept. The Lakers are probably about to lose, and the Heat actually got swept. Uh, but I don't think it's, like, I think a much more valid reason is not that it was a fluke, but that players had extremely short off-seasons. The Heat and the Lakers literally had the shortest off-season of any pro sports league ever at, like, 71 days or something like that. You saw injuries were rampant. Butler missed a lot of time. LeBron missed time. Anthony Davis missed time. In the playoffs, people are missing time. And then, like, let's ignore the fact that the Bucks got a lot better this offseason by signing Drew and some other people, and the Heat barely did anything to change. So is it that surprising that they got swept? Not really, in my opinion. I mean, okay, yeah, we were talking about how maybe it should have been closer, but whatever. I just think that there are a lot of confounding factors here, and people are going to look at it and be like, wow, teams that were thriving in the bubble are struggling this offseason, or this, these playoffs. That must mean that basketball in the bubble wasn't really valid, but I don't really think that makes that much sense. So... I think that's a narrative that we'll hear some more of, especially if slash when the Lakers lose. But I don't agree with it. That's a good one. I think it was a fluke. <laughs> I think it was a fluke because of the mastering. because of the rest period the rest period that before the pandemic. Like we like like how Anthony Davis and LeBron both benefited from <laughs> having like four months of rest. So then is this one a bubble? fluke because of the anti rest period? Oh. <laughs> good question. I mean everyone got the same rest period. Everyone got four. Yeah. Months well, no, the teams that didn't even yeah. make the playoffs had like three times as long. But no, what I'm saying is, no, for, the, for, yeah, the, for the yeah, but that bubble. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it benefits teams equally though. Some teams can benefit more from rest if they have I know, other players but, or players that get injured. Frequently. But does does that mean it's a fluke? I yeah, just, yeah, it does. It, just, it yeah, levels it does. the playing field more than anything else. The the 
the rest after dis on levels i don't know whatever the correct <laughs> word is there the playing field but like everybody had four months before. right if so everybody's like, going in healthy then everybody we just see who the best team and the best roster is yeah go ahead jared you're narrative my, with my narrative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm going to talk about damian lillard uh first off wyatt Game five by Damian Lillard definitively dismisses any claim that Damian Lillard doesn't play winning basketball. They lost. It's his teammates <laughs> that do not play winning basketball. Right? <laughs> Lillard, Lillard, he had one turnover, shot 70%, both from three and two, highest single-game true shooting percentage in a postseason game ever, according to the ringer, by the way. He's playing with a bunch of, bunch of scrubs. They made, they made one basket. In both overtime periods. <laughs> Dame had 17 points on 6 of 8 shooting. It's ridiculous. But this is the thing, okay? Lucas said this in our group chat before. Everybody's like, oh, okay, Dame needs to leave and everything. Our soft generation like, kind of just believes in running when stuff gets hard. Dame's not about that at all. On multiple occasions, he's criticized people. He has criticized people for switching teams. Obviously, he got in that like Instagram fight with like Pat Bev and Paul George when he criticized it. He said something like... Uh, like y'all boys are chumps running from the grind, keep switching teams, that sort of stuff. He signed an extension. So him and, and uh, CJ McCollum are really close friends. They signed an extension within weeks of each other so that both their contracts end in the same year so that they, if they want to leave together, they can do that. Um, so I think he, I don't think he's committed to Portland like because he's like, oh, I love the city and all that stuff. But more that like he wants to be a different type of NBA player. Like you can really only say somebody like Steph Curry and like, I don't know, Tim Duncan are like the only guys that have like grinded it out on the team that they got drafted with and like won a title, right? Other other people had to like go and create a super team to go do it. Pretty much almost every other title I can think of. I guess you can say the Warriors obviously created a super team when they got KD, but before that too. Um, so, I mean, there's always reports that Dame's leaving for the Lakers or the Knicks, which make no sense. He dismisses them every time, like immediately. But what this is turning into is the is the Green Bay Packers, I think, an Aaron Rodgers situation, where I think Dame has to go to whoever whoever needs to hear it, the front office, whatever, and says Dala needs some help. You know, get him get him some real help. They're gonna have to have potentially tough conversations. It might have to mean a Dame CJ breakup. You know, I don't really know. I think they might have maximized the ceiling, and I don't want I don't like going on to the podcast and like oh, this coach needs to get fired and, like, the GM needs to get fired and stuff. But I do think it's time to part ways with uh, Terry Stotts. Like, they've been knocked out of the first round if they lose this round five out of eight times since they've had Dame. Like, that's completely unacceptable. So, uh, as well, I think the general manager, you know, thank you for your time. We got to go in your direction as well. No, I'm serious. So, this is the thing. Danny Age, born in Eugene, Oregon, played for the Blazers when they went to the finals and lost to Jordan. There There is an angle there is what I'm saying. This is the headline I'm predicting, okay? Hot take. I'll book it. Why not? The headline's going to be, it's about Dame time. Portland Trailblazers has hired Mark Jackson as their next head coach. Oh, my God. Wow. I hope what, not. What? He, uh... that, that, job, that job offer has got to be, I mean, to coach, like, I don't know, one of the top two or three point guards of this generation has got to be a pretty tantalizing job offer. I, guess. I mean, Mark Jackson, either that or the Celtics would not be a bad gig yeah so i could subscribe to that because you want to be honest i didn't write it down where everybody else wrote their headlines down because you wrote it's about dame time as your headline mm-hmm. and mine was obviously blank i wrote portland blowing it up but i also wrote 
in my own notes, the Lakers blowing it up because we all know exactly what's going to happen this if the Lakers make it out or don't make it out of the first round. Shooter's gone. Wes Matthews gone. Matches Harold's gone. Everyone's gone. It's just going to be LeBron and AD, and they're going to try to start from scratch again. Kuzma's probably gone. Somehow he'll find a manage to stick around. He'll hide in the rafters or something. <laughs> so they can't tell him he's been traded. But <clears throat> the Lakers are definitely going to blow it up this offseason if they, if they can't make it out of the first round. And, in fact, even if they make a championship run, I think that they're just going to do the same thing where they're just going to run everybody else out of town and hopefully start to rebuild without paying Dennis Schroeder $80 million, $100 million, whatever. They go and get John Wall, who's going to be on the buyout market next year. He's going to be a low-budget, explosive point guard that they can add, that third playmaker that everyone's looking for, or they eye up Derrick Rose and see what they can do with that. And then they just add a couple three-point shooters that eventually we're going to be able to blame sometime here in the postseason where LeBron James' teammates suck, but maybe it's just too hard to build a team around LeBron James because of the way LeBron James plays and he, the fact that he's a system. Because they, everyone always wants to tell you, surround him with shooters, and then they surround him with shooters, and then we just tell everyone that they suck again. And I'm not really sure what to do with the Lakers at this point because whether it's KCP or Danny Green or Dennis Schroeder or Wes Matthews, it always kind of feels like it's not going to work in the end. So rinse and repeat, Lakers blow it out. <laughs> what about the fact, though, that the Lakers were playing, like, really good basketball before, basically before the uh, AD got hurt? I don't know about how you right? start, but how you finish it. But, but do, do you think if this team is completely healthy, though, that they're they're one of the best teams in the NBA? If they play their best, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Dennis Shooter gave like gave him a goosey, a goose egg on twenty four <laughs> minutes. It's not good. Yeah, that's not good. That's true. But I also think Portland blows it up. So I'm gonna echo your your call, Jared. You have to. If you're Portland, you have to. You can't just. And this is the thing. I read a lot of like Rip City like blogs and articles and stuff, and they're like, no, this is good. This is good enough. Like we're, we've been outperforming expectations, and it's like. I don't know. I think it might just be a problem with like the mentality of the team and like the front office and like all the people that say all the people that kind of create the narratives around Portland. But here's the thing. If you blow it up. Okay. So that what it looks like when it goes right is the Lakers. They trade away their entire farm system and get Anthony Davis and trade away all those players. And then they win. They don't care about any of those draft picks. If it, if it messes up, you're in the same spot. You, you, it's the, it's the Houston Rockets when they went and got Chris Paul and when they got went, went and got Russell Westbrook. Or it's the Boston Celtics. You know, they, they took plenty of swings. It just didn't work out. But you're in the same spot, losing in the first round. So why does it matter? Like, at least they can try, and the Blazers well, can't say they've tried. You know what? And if we want to stick on this for a second, I think that the Portland Trailblazers should have been in serious uh, conversations with the Rockets to get James Harden. I know he wanted to go to Brooklyn, but I didn't really feel like there was anything out there. And I think they should try again. I know I've been – I was dogging on Paul George in the last segment, but they might just need another guy who can be <laughs> – a defensive stopper for that Dame team. and Paul George together would be mm-hmm. pretty fun. I mean, it, it's <laughs> they'd have to make it work, but I mean, they have to do something. They they I made I criticized them last episode. They just run back the same team and they tell us it's going to be a different result. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. We're going to move on. Eden, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to keep going with the Knicks because that's all I talk about today. Uh, but I, I think there are going to be rumors. There will be rumors that everyone is going to the Knicks and then <laughs> no one will go to the Knicks. Right. Um, per usual, but I feel like it's picked up more this year because they were kind of good, and so they're more of an attractive destination. Um, and yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're gonna hear about Kawhi. 
Um, even though LeBron. all, all, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna put LeBron, um, Kawhi, like apparently Luka. is happy in LA, and, like <laughs> okay. Ty Lue, So I don't think that's gonna happen. Dame, obviously, the discussions have started, but but yeah, I really don't see Dame forcing his way out of Portland, and I don't think. Portland's going to let people pry Dame away just yet, even if they don't plan on doing anything with him. Um, we're going to hear about Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul's going to go back to the Suns. Um, and then best case scenario, they end up getting Bradley Beal, and that's a pretty crappy best case scenario. Um, so I think now that the, the Knicks are out, all those rumors are flying. Every possible potential superstar move to New York is going to be thrown out there. It's not going to happen. And so I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to mute it. It's not going to pay attention to any media for the next, I don't know, two months. Yeah. It's good not to have expectations that way. It's good not there. to, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, yeah, the best approach for all things in life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I'm last up. I'm going to go with, you know, something that also involves the Knicks, but oh involves God. the person that beat the Knicks, uh, Trey Young. And I think we're going to hear nonstop over the next few months and in the offseason about how it's it's Trey Young's season, that he's the next superstar um, in the NBA. Um, I mean, first of all, the media is New York-centric, and he's just become the villain for New York. So, like, he's taking up that mantle. It's going to be a great narrative. But he also went off in the first round. He averaged 29.2 points per game, and he did it in the in the most fun and disrespectful way uh, <laughs> with his whole rivalry of the city of New York. Um epitomized by when he hit that garbage time three in game five so like the knicks fans were like giving a standing ovation to their team and he hit like and they were up by like 10 with like 40 seconds left and he hit like a deep three um and he just like bowed to the crowd as he like walked back and yeah it was fun um so well i don't know if they'll beat the sixers i think they have a chance if mb is does not come back or play um, but regardless of whether they beat the Sixers or not, um, I think the whole offseason will be the ascent of Trey Young as the next superstar cast in that villain role. And I think it'll be good because they can pair him up nicely with Luka for the future. Um, we talked about this pre- previously on the podcast that like they were traded for each other on draft night, so they're like linked together. And I think it's been a clear, pretty clear one-two of Luka 1, Trey Young 2 um, so far. But I think this series sort of puts it more in the conversation of like Trey being closer to being Luca's equal. Well, he's probably not better at this point or even equal. I think he's closer in that conversation. So I think this offseason we start getting a lot of narratives about like superstar Trey Young, him and Luca as rivals, things like that. Yeah. That'd be fun. For sure. All right, well, while you're still, you know, on online looking up what Garrett Cole and Julius Randle look like, while you're at the, while you're on the uh, while you're online, go to Twitter, give us a follow at Sport. Go to Instagram, give us a follow at Sport. and then subscribe to our podcast either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening. Um, it would really help us out if you commented on it, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, go ahead and interact with our post really helps us out why it is making some really incredible graphics on instagram especially so definitely go check those out we will see you next week for another episode and um, stay tuned appreciate it